Today's episode of On Shuffle is brought to you by YouTube Music. YouTube Music is a new app that combines everything you expect from a streaming service with the magic of YouTube to bring everything to life. With YouTube Music Premium, you'll get ad-free music that plays with the screen off or while other apps are open. Get music whenever you want it, even if you're offline. Download the new YouTube Music app today and start a free 30-day trial. Then just pay $9.99 per month. Terms and restrictions apply, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is, oh yes, another episode of On Shuffle, and I'm your host, Micah Peters, a staff writer at The Ringer, great website. And today, we are going to be talking about Vince Staples' third studio album, FM! Exclamation point, with Shay Serrano, who wrote about it on TheRinger.com this week. But in addition, we'll also be talking to my good friend, Rembert Brown, about the Mac Miller Tribute concert. But first... I'm going to talk to my colleague Rob Arvilla about why everybody was making the same Ariana Grande joke on Twitter this weekend. One taught me love, one taught me patience, and one taught me to add multiple photos to the same tweet. Over the weekend, Pete Davidson was doing a promo for this past uh, weekend's SNL and made a joke about being 0 for 3 on marriages and, you know, fake proposed to Maggie Rogers. Ariana Grande tweeted several times about it and then decided that she was still mad and made a song called Thank You Next, and it is... A smash, as she says. But here to kind of help me explain why everybody's making the same joke on Twitter is my colleague Rob Harvilla, who wrote about it. Rob, Aloha. How you doing? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing just fine. All right. So you called Thank You Next the sweetest, most cutting diss track of the year. Like to use use actually use the story of Adidas as a make weight, which you did in the blog post, but just kind of explain it to the people that are listening. Well, you know, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson's relationship was an object of, you know, internet fascination all summer. Like, I think people assumed it wasn't going to last, but people were delighted by it all the same. And when Saturday Night Live came back on the air, like, SNL keep, kept making references to it, you know, and, and Pete mentioned it in multiple bits that he did in those first few episodes, and they were clearly... It just it just started out as an internet fascination sort of thing, and we all knew it was going to blow up, and it finally did blow up, and then it became clear that that Pete was going to continue to trade on it in some way, and you know he apparently crossed some Rubicon with you know that Maggie Rogers joke. Uh, I guess it was on Friday, Thursday or Friday, and it's I mean what fascinates me about this is like, do you really think that she wrote and recorded this song like in the space between that promo and the song's release? You know what I mean? I mean, like, no, she definitely had to have been like sitting on it, right? Especially right. if, especially like you know, you were talking about how emotionally intelligent and like reasonable the song is, and right. yes, just. It doesn't jive with, I've made this in the space of a few hours to get back at you for, you know, just being wild on TV. Exactly. It's a, it doesn't feel impulsive. It doesn't feel reactionary. You know, like Ariana in the past year has been a really easy 
person to root for just to strike, you know, that she came back from like, she's a, a survivor of a terrorist bombing in essence. And just, you know, they're, they're, people loved her new album and she's just, she's, she's shown in the past year, particularly to just have sort of a strength and an emotional intelligence that makes her additionally appealing as sort of a pop star. And I, this is sort of a song that has the same kind of vibe as a Pusha T versus Drake kind of thing. But there's just there's just a maturity to it and a calmness and and just a sense of herself that's that's rare at this level. You know, you've seen Taylor Swift, you know, has called out ex-boyfriends by name, you know, for her entire career. But this is this is a way to do it. It's what makes it so vicious is just how centered and how calm and how reasonable it is. Like it's just it's killing with kindness. Yeah. It's it's honestly the well, the equivalent of my head, I, I, like I saw or after listening to the song and then, you know, like I was thinking about that one headline that came out after, like, I want to say it was maybe two years ago where Sierra's just like, I'm dropping any any lawsuits against Future because I've become too successful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very relatable. Energy, yes. energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. The song is it a smash, as she says at, on on the outro. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's still in sort of the Twitter meme phase, you know. As you referenced, like I'm really enjoying this meme that's going on right now. As far as as far as charts and things of that nature, I guess we're going to see. But you know, I, I I think it definitely has a chance. Like it's a great song. Like it's it's a it's a very pretty and very simple but very effective and sticky song. You know, I, I think it works without the context, sort of the tabloid context around it, but it's enhanced, of course, by the tabloid context around it. And so, you know, if any pop song has a chance, yeah, I, I, I think it has potential. You know, like I, Carly Rae Jepsen has a new song, Party of One, as well, and that's going to be a big deal to a very specific sort of pop connoisseur fan. And like, there's, you know, there's a symbiosis there between those two songs. And yeah, I, I, I think it definitely has a chance. It's hard to tell what's going to work, what's going to blow up anymore, but you know, if anything <laughs> has a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very easy song to root for. And it's a song that I think will survive the initial sort of tabloid prurience around it. You know, it stands on its own. You know, to to steal one more of the lines from your piece, it turns out that Ariana Grande was the one with big dick energy all along. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Rob, Shout out to Allison. Yes. <laughs> Shout out Allison P. Davis one time. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Rob, thank you very much for joining me to explain this this uh, you know pop phenomenon. Of course, anytime. Thank you for having me. You start make him give it up. Flocking this for hoes. I'ma take somebody's soul. He don't give me what he own. Now I'm getting what I'm old. You ain't see me at a show. Oh, you missing out. So I bring the realest out. Everybody know me who's somebody to know. Watch me mind my business while I'm counting my dough. Everybody know him who's somebody to know. After a short runway, like maybe a week, Vince Staples arrived last Friday with FM, his third studio album. It's even shorter than last year's Big Fish Theory, coming in at just 22 minutes, but still boasts features from Earl Sweatshirt, Ty Dolla Sign, J-Rock, and more. It's also very good, but I asked my colleague Shay Serrano, where does it figure in on the list of major rap releases this year? At the top, maybe? 
Don't get chipped, nigga. I ain't got the patience. Yeah, I hustle like a mental patient. I'm trying Shay. How are you doing today, man? Yep. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I've, I, I, you know, it's election day. I spent this morning, although it's beautiful outside, listening to negative rap music. Um, so you wrote about Vince Staples' third studio album, FM, which came out this past Friday. And that's correct. Yes, you told a story about Rafa. Can you, for those of the people that are listening to this podcast that have not read your piece, which you should, it's on the ringer.com, great website. Um, can you just brief, give a brief synopsis of your Rafa story? Sure. Rafa was a, is a kid who lives in a city in America and he was on his way walking to go do a thing. And while he was walking, he ran into a buddy of his named Anthony. And Anthony was on his way the opposite direction because he was doing this food stamp hustle. This was years and years and years ago when food stamps were actual. They stamps were like stamps. It came in a the booklet. EBT card. Yeah, it looked, like, it looked like Monopoly money. Each amount had a different color. I like remember, I don't know if your family was on food stamps when you were growing up, but I remember when we had them, I would like ask my mom if we can go to the store. And she would go in her purse and you would be praying that she was going to pull out real money. Because mm -hmm. whenever she pulled out that booklet, you knew like your friends were going to make fun of you for it. But because it was a booklet, it was like susceptible to many hustles and scams. One of which, the most prominent of which being people who had food stamps who wanted to buy things that you could not buy with food stamps because they were primarily for like eggs, milk, cheese, bread, this sort of thing. Uh, they would sell them to people for real money at a rate of two for one. So if you had $40 in food stamps, you could trade that for $20 in real money. Mm -hmm. That's what Anthony was on his way to do when he saw Rafa. They were talking, whatever, whatever. Ra they separated. Rafa went his way. Anthony went his way. When Rafa was coming back home, he stopped at Anthony's house because he knew now his mother was going to have, Anthony's mother was going to have groceries because they had just done the food stamp hustle. When he got there, though, this was like two hours later, she told him that he was not there yet. He was supposed to have gone straight to the house to pick it up and come back home, but she hadn't seen him. And then when Rafa sees Anthony, tell him to come home because they need to eat. Uh, but the reason that Rafa never got to see Anthony was because while Anthony was on the way to go pick up the food stamps, he got hit by a car and he died. Mm -hmm. And that was the story of Rafa and Anthony. And that's how I started the review of the... Vince Staples album because the Vince Staples album the new one is very 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 much about death and like how quickly it comes and how you deal with it and how you don't deal with it and so on and so forth basically at the base level like Vince Staples is kind of like an archivist like he keeps uh, Nifa Mohammed wrote about uh, Big Fish Theory in 2017 saying that he keeps the oral tradition of a forgotten place alive basically right um but yeah, okay, so back to the album. It's only 22 minutes. What would you call FM if you were trying to evangelize about it at a party? Like, is it an album? Is it an EP? I would call it an album. That's what it is. It's an album. It's a group of songs that has a cohesive idea that are all stitched together. It's an album. Fair enough. And so in terms of... The sound of the album, it's less like one of the main criticism against Big Fish Theory for, you know, like from rap fans was that the beats were too weird. I still I'm still banging party people like it just came out. Can we hear a little bit of that? 
Yeah, I've been fucked since my early days. I've been stuck in my worldly ways. Propaganda, press, pan the camera. Please don't look at me in my face. Everybody might see my pain. Yeah, so I mean, like, it was just very tinny and industrial. And this is more like bombastic, I guess, would you say? <laughs> this is This is more of. When you put it on, you go, oh, this is clearly a rap album. That's what this one is. Yeah. It's set up as that. All of the characters in it are from that world. You know, with Big Fish Theory, it was like, let's get a little bit weird and see what happens. Big Fish Theory, I thought, was fantastic. The, like One of the things that draws me the most to Vince is that he seems to me to be beholden to nobody. He's just making shit that he likes and putting it out there and not even worried about what happens. He's just like, I'm just going to make this thing that I feel like I need to make. And when I, I remember listening through Big Fish the first time and being like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> but also being very excited about it. And he has songs that he drops in there just to remind you like, hey, I know how to do this. Like Bag Back is incredible. And he just like put it in the middle to go, hey, don't forget that I still fucking run this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, F FM, he was like, you know what? Let's just do a whole rap album and let's be very rappy about it. And it's going to be rap fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like like the Vince Staples song for a lot of people was like North North off of uh, his debut double disc album, a double disc debut album. That's it's still wild to me, <laughs> but uh, was uh, North North. And this album feels like and I mean this as like the highest possible compliment. It feels like North North like 10 times. And then yeah, like Tweakin comes after that. What would you say your favorite song on the album was? Oof. Just like overall favorite, favorite song? Like, I mean, probably... like as in like this, this song started playing when you put the, you put the album on the whip and then this song just like smacked you in the face. Oh, you know what? Let me tell you this quick thing before we get to that. But when with like with other rappers, if I'm gonna listen to an album, like if I'm gonna put on Astro World, for example, mm -hmm. I like I already know what song I'm going to start with. I'm not going to start it at the beginning of the album. Mm -hmm. That's silly to me. I don't want to waste my time. I want to get right to the good stuff. So I'm gonna go straight to sicko mode. I'm gonna skip past the first two songs and go to sicko mode and then just let it play through there. Like there are rappers who they have songs and I know exactly what the names of those songs are because uh -huh. I go to those songs. Uh -huh. That's not the case with Vince. That's especially not the case with this album. When you put this album on, it all sort of flows together. Like there's no break. There's right. no like, this is the end of the song. There are a few seconds of silence. Here's the next song. They they all just are 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 rolling back to back to back to back. I'm not the Big Boy's Big Neighborhood, Run the Bands in Woo! the Neighborhood, man. Sketch, what's fun to you? And don't say drugs. Drugs, drugs. So, I don't know. You're, I mean, you're asking me what my favorite song is. The album total is 22 minutes, so the whole album is my Is your favorite, favorite song. song. Yeah, the, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. The way that the to set the table a little bit, the way that the album is set up is like one uh, fake episode of uh, Big Boy's Neighborhood, uh, which mm -hmm. is, you know, a show that's on the radio out here in Los Angeles. But yeah, the the album itself is, is it all runs together and then Earl Sweatshirt pops up here and then Kehlani there and Tyga here and it's just this kind of 
like this this mess of ideas and he's also to go back to what we were talking about the length of the album it only being 22 minutes it doesn't feel short but it also doesn't feel too long there's something about the way that he raps that fills space that makes the songs even though they might be just under two minutes or two minutes exactly feel longer than they are or like sustain you or or more yeah yeah there's um there's a guy named Craig Jenkins who I think he writes for Vulture in New York Magazine. He wrote a really good review about the album. He was explaining how good Vince Staples is at doing exactly what you're talking about here, at filling in the space, at compacting everything, and making it feel like this song is only two minutes long, but it doesn't feel like I'm missing any parts of it. Same thing with the album. Mm-hmm. The album goes front to back and it's done, and you go like, oh, the album's over, but you don't feel... Like you missed out on anything. You don't feel like he left anything out. He's really, really, really good at that part. He's that's like a thing that only the top level rappers can do on their top level albums. Like Kendrick Lamar is another guy who can do that. He could put out an album that's nine songs or whatever, and it would feel exactly like it needs to. It would also flow just like this one does. If you look at something like Good Kid Mad City, you have to play like that whole thing beginning to end for it to make sense in the best possible way. That's mm-hmm. what the that's what FM is for me. Yeah. But I mean like there's still those parts that jump out at you like the second half of Run the Bands. I know that you were also particularly taken with uh, like as was I. Oh yeah. I mean it, this is the same thing as like this was a this was a very very good movie. Here's my favorite scene in the movie. Like that's what the the album is. You're listening to it, you're going through it and then he gets to that second half of of the second verse of Run the Bands. And he speeds everything up just a little bit. Point blank, that's how the do. Brand new shrink had a breakthrough. Brand new mink for the great room. Don't bring knives to the gunfight. We bring knives to the day room. No sight, right by the pop bites. Pop out, ran for the cops, but the cops get shot now. We don't do no axle foulies. Find me if you ask if me. We went to his. And he like turns everything into triplets, those first two lines. And he starts adjusting his voice. He like turns it very rubbery. And he's like playing with the modulation of it. And it immediately jumps out at you as like, oh shit, he, this is the moment from the album. This is the part that I need to always hear, or this will be the part that I'm always going to mention when I'm talking about why Vince Staples is one of the best rappers on the planet today. So, rap album of the year, though? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, for sure. not this even has close. Been a good, Nothing's uh, even close. It's, no, no, the, you can make arguments for other rap albums. It's not like a blowout. Mm-hmm. This was a close game that was like close up until a minute left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and then Vince went up by six and you go like, all right, he's going to win this. Like That's the level that we're talking about here. But it's the best one. I think Vince to me has been just incredibly interesting these last few years. I came late to the like school of Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. I remember when Summertime came out and I was like, I listened to it once or twice and I went, nah, that's not for me. His voice is too weird. He's doing some weird things in here. Um, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I like revisited it nine months later or something. And I just kept having, I kept having this thing where I like wanted to hear a part of it. If we don't love them, we fall apart. This could be forever, baby. I never seen you wet, baby. You know, I wanted to hear that like beachy sound i wanted to hear the beginning of north north i wanted to hear him say i kept being pulled in by those little parts and then i realized like 
after I'd looked at my top 25 most played or whatever, it was in the top two or three. I'm like, wait a second. Do I like Vince Staples? Like I've been telling people <laughs> I don't like Vince Staples, but I can't, I can't stop listening to him. And then, you know, after that, the other albums came out. And it was like each time he just got, to me, he was getting better and stronger and smarter and funnier and more insightful. And he already started out great. If you listen to Summertime Now, it is still a beautiful, great album. Yeah, I but mean, he, like, like that was his starting to, point. And he just got better. Yeah, I mean, it's there were things there with like you know Taxi Volume One or Shine Cold Chain or any of those early mixtapes were just kind of like, oh wow, this so this guy's rapping, rapping, but then like it just he has steadily improved project over project. So yeah, yeah. and what's crazy about that is, I mean, we're we're not talking about a guy who started out and he was sucking. We are talking about he started out. And summertime was in '92, and he went from '92 to '94, and then from '94 to '97. Like that's the level we're talking about here, just the upper uppermost. Vince is great. Vince is great, you know, and and great advertisement for getting in getting in the gym and getting up those jumpers in the off season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Shay, thank you very much for joining me to talk about this album. Yeah, no sweat. Okay, so Rimber Brown is going to be joining to talk about the Mac Miller tribute right after this message from our sponsors. Meet Sonos Beam, the smart compact soundbar for your TV and newest addition to the easy-to-use home sound system. I have one of these. And I really can't tell you enough about how it improves literally everything. I mean, from TV to movies, and then also, like, if I come in and I want to put on, I don't know, say... The new Roddy Rich mixtape, Rich Forever, sounds great because it fills the entire apartment. Every nook and cranny. I can hear everything from everywhere with crystal clarity. It's phenomenal. You should absolutely get one. Beam lets you play everything you love, from music, radio, to movies, TVs, podcasts, and more. Even use AirPlay to enjoy sound from your iPhone or iPad on Beam. All with rich sound that fills the room, like I said. Enjoy deep bass and detailed stereo separation for music. Plus, you'll be able to hear every single different line of dialogue for TV and movies. All it takes is one cord to connect the beam to your TV. It's so simple, guys. And it syncs with your existing remote or your phone. Or get hands-free control with Alexa, which is built in. The Sonos app walks you through setup step-by-step, but... If you don't want to bother setting up your speaker, Sonos will send someone to do it for you. That's right. If you live in any major metropolitan area, up and running will have a Sonos expert deliver and set up your system absolutely free. I also use up and running. It was super easy and very pleasant. Just order from Sonos.com and select up and running at checkout if you qualify. Have you always wanted to learn how to play a musical instrument but not known where to start? Invigorate your musical passion with the Musician app. Musician is your personal music tutor for the digital age. It's the best way to learn, practice, and master a musical instrument because it listens to you play and gives instant feedback on your accuracy and timing, and it's free to download from your app store. You use your real instrument. The app includes lessons for guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and vocals. Whether you're a complete beginner or experienced player, you can follow expert design courses that guide you with exercises and popular hit songs. 
The app takes you through step-by-step tutorials that suit your playing level. Fun and addictive gameplay tracks your progress and keeps you motivated so you actually learn. Musician has over 10 million users. They believe everyone can and should have the experience of learning a musical instrument. Become the musician you always wanted to be. Download Musician for free in your app store today. Turn a hotel to a castle. Living like a king for a grand. Don't do nothing that's a hassle. Besides, even that castle made a sand. Just might slip into the sea. Fuck a doll if it all ain't me. Well, as you all know, uh, Mac Miller uh, passed away on September 7th, 2018. He was 26 years old. We did a tribute episode on this very podcast. I wrote about it. Uh, my friend Rembert Brown also wrote about it. Um, but on Halloween night here in Los Angeles at the Greek Theater, there was a Mac Miller tribute concert, and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was live streamed. I watched it. I was not there. But... My guest, Rembert, was there. Rembert, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good to see you. It's very good Always, to see you. You know, trying to trying to get like you, though. Now I'm trying to get like you. <laughs> now I'm bro. trying to get like you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Um, you know, um, Mac was a Mac was a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I actually it actually stemmed from a profile I wrote on him from like 2015. We just kind of. You wrote on him for Grandland. Uh, yeah. this, this was around the time that uh, he was working on the Divine Feminine. Yeah, um, this was right. His album had um, uh, which which album? It wasn't good. A, was it Good AM? Uh, had just good AM had just come yeah, out. Yeah, had just come out. Um, and he had just moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually became friends after the piece, which had never happened really before for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of staying close with someone you write about, uh, but. Uh, because uh, he kind of wanted a mini New York City tour guide, because he just like didn't know what to do. In right, New York. I mean, like it's, it's kind of you're in a you're in a new city. You yeah. don't really know where the good spots yeah. are to eat at or what there is to do in your off time. Yeah, and- um, the majority of the reason I came out to LA was to go to the show because there had been some other um, kind of tribute events that I I couldn't get to. There was like a pretty spontaneous one that happened in LA Mm -hmm. a couple days after. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was a funeral in Pittsburgh. I couldn't do that. I was, I was out of the country. So it meant a lot to be able to come, but it was, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. I had, uh, I'd never been to the Greek before. Really? Yeah. I'd never been. Um, And so that was just kind of having it in that open air environment was just it was it felt it felt really peaceful um you know i this is the first time i've been back in la um since he passed which was kind of heavy because you know when i used to come to la i used to see him and i think that kind of made it all a little bit more real for me because you know when you see someone you know you, you text and talk to people but like when you see someone in person like every two or three months Mm -hmm this kind of felt like just another two or three month period that was going by. Right, and you were going to be able to see them and yeah. catch up. And- so like being out here and like day one, day two, day three, just like, why have I not seen him yet? Um, but it actually kind of hit for me when I'm, um, so when you're walking up to the Greek, there's like people outside like selling, you know, like t-shirts, RIP t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And like that, like that was when it hit. Uh, uh, more than anything else. Like I, I was like, I know what concert I'm going to. Like I know what's happening, but still, it felt like a concert. 
you know, right, as, right. as I was like spending the whole day thinking about it, like I'm going to a concert, you know, like um, that all these famous people are performing at. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when it kind of hit. But it was, I mean, I, for one, you know, you like the lineup was, it was made up of his friends. But also, the, also like, like, you know, the, like a, like a generation of great artists. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I think that um, I was, say, for instance, during the Scissor trip where, where her set where she yeah. came out and performed a few songs and she was just like, yeah, like, thank you so much for giving, like, I wouldn't be here without you. And the thing is that like, sometimes that feels like, you know, boilerplate or like an exaggeration. But the thing is, is that his house in Los Angeles was like, just kind of come through and play some shit for me. And like, I, I just love music and I will connect you to whomever. Like, it's just that you could feel all of that. Like in the, even if you're looking at the, the ISO cam shots of the crowd. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, couples are hugging, people are singing along, some are scream singing, some are crying. It's just, it was a really beautiful thing. It it was beautiful. And like hearing, like you said, like a lot of times those, um, like hearing, you know, Anderson, um, Mm -hmm. back talk about, talk about Mac, like hearing, you know, like, I don't think SZA is like probably like an immediate person you would think Think of, of, yeah, but she like was one of the most like uh vocal people to talk um during the her performance you know and it's like i was like of you know like his him and his home and like and his very like openness about everything like yeah. he he very much was you know kind of like a the centerpiece of this whole thing that's been happening in LA like this like kind of TDE and you know, our future and all, all these people, like they all, they all touch him in some, in some way and, and have for yeah. years, you know, like it's before, gotta be before a, they were all, before they were all who they are today, you know? Yeah. It's gotta be like a, a pretty large and significant center of gravity to pull in like both Ray Shrimmer and John Mayer yeah. and, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And like, there was like a, there was a clip that they showed and it was just Mac and Rick Rubin. Yeah. You know, like it's, but it's all just like people who love music, you know, it's just like, like I, I went over his house once this year and just like, you know, like Sid was just hanging out mm-hmm. and I and like, I was like not surprised. I was just like, this all kind of makes sense. You know, like mm-hmm. he, you know, he has this spot that he's always loves going like walking 50 feet over to his studio and like loves having people over and Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i remember once uh i forget when it was because i I, i'm uh, so many of like hanging out in his uh studios like kind of blur together but it was when he was writing the um his verse in dang and i just remember that part there's that part in his verse uh, where he says like me excited, <laughs> yeah. I just remember him doing that and like <laughs> cracking up. He's like, "That's," <laughs> he was like, "He was like, that's tight." <laughs> he's, he said, "That's tight." <laughs> and, and so like, I remember when that song came out because you know, like, I never like you never know like stuff that you hear in a studio like what's actually gonna what's actually gonna make it to the what's finalized version make of the song. It. And yeah. just like hearing that, um, hearing that make the finalized version, I was just like cracking up because I just like I think so much stuff he was just like had fun with music mm-hmm. um, 
But yeah, it was it was really it felt it was like a really oftentimes when things are branded as like celebrations, mm-hmm. that's like a a way to like temporarily trick yourself into being not completely sad. Yeah, depressed. I mean like the the you could tell in the tone of just like across the across the performances really say like you have Miguel kind of bouncing around to his to the studio recording of uh the weekend mm-hmm. and he's just kind of trying to get his parts in and it's awkward and people don't really know what to do with it. And then he performs his, you know, like his own song and it's trying to get it up to, to, to this, like, this is a celebration of life. We're happy, like, that it happened, not sad because it's over. And, yeah. like, people don't really know what to do with that. Even John Mayer performing uh, Small Worlds. Yeah. Like, that performance where he was just like, I remember seeing Mackett perform the song at a hotel cafe and he was, he told me that he was really nervous and I'm really nervous too. Yeah. Like, and it was great, but people were, you know, you sad and then some people were just like whoa John Mayer's doing this cover of this song and it sounds great yeah. and then yeah it's just kind of like not really knowing what to do with it yeah but it was still it still was nothing felt out of place or weird like Travis Scott coming out to perform just to perform Goosebumps in sicko mode <laughs> and it was just like I was like okay yeah like, this yes. is this is great I mean, <laughs> I mean like honestly like like I didn't know like going into it I didn't know if people were going to be doing Mac songs. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if people were going to be doing their own song. I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about it. But just watching Ray Strummer come out and just do no type. I was like, like with I was, Slim Jimmy and the bird mask. <laughs> and I was just like, yes. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> like I was because, you know, it was just like he would have wanted this to be like fun. Fun and soulful and heartfelt and meaningful and like a turn up, like all of all of those things because mm-hmm. like that's kind of also how his own show was you mm-hmm. know like his own show had like highs and lows and like points where he talked to the crowd and all this other stuff so it, it all felt it all felt n- none of it felt like hyper like promotional for the artists like it didn't feel like people were there for the wrong reason it didn't feel forced no yeah. it, didn't, it didn't feel forced at all you know like mm-hmm. and which i think is it was like a it was a breath of fresh air because like if you think about some of the people who were there from you know Travis is a chance these are some of the most like controlled artists that we have in terms yeah. of like their like what the we the way see. that they present themselves yeah, like yeah. it's like a it's a, a perfectly curated thing that we're always given mm-hmm. and it felt like you saw like a a small glimmer like or like into their actual lives as if you know it wasn't being recorded you know and no one yeah. saw it. it just it felt it felt super authentic i i loved it and i appreciate it and it was you know it was it wasn't a it wasn't a bummer of an evening you know it mm-hmm. was definitely like when you they were between like every third or fourth set they would show like these you know home movies and clips and like those were really hard to watch because those... they were they were just incredible yeah, yeah. That, and it's like the how often he was caught on camera like dancing along to something in the background, it's incredible, or just kind of <laughs> freestyling or yeah. singing to himself, just being like like a ham like all the time, just like and and was always it always seemed to be he he went through a lot in his life, but like loved to 
have fun. There, like, I think that probably the thing that most gets at that for me was when he was backstage on like some tour stop, and it, like he looks absolutely like almost exangrenated. Like, yeah. I mean, like just completely devoid of energy, and he's yeah. just like, you know, this is tour stop number whatever. <laughs> um, I'm I'm tired of shit, but we're about to start this show. <laughs> I don't know how Beyonce does this shit. And then it was like... <laughs> it's so real. It's so real. Oh, man. It's so it's, real. It really is. Um, even just watching the live stream, those were hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... But I heard, you know, like I talked to someone who, and um, they were like, oh, yeah, like it was... It looked... like The live stream looked beautiful. Like it looked it looked good. Like, it did. Yeah, so that's, that's great because clearly like the amount of diehard fans that he has like extends be- well beyond who was who at the Greek, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, it was actually kind of funny. I was, um, uh, before I went up to the, the Greek, I got a drink at this bar down the hill. Mess uh, hall. Uh, no, ye rustic. Oh, ye rustic. Ye rustic in. Ye rustic in. Uh, the, the dive of all dives. The dive, also, the diviest of dives. Also, ye rustic in on Halloween. <laughs> so it was just, it was dark. In that there. is, I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, um, I was just sitting there, um, kind of like killing time before I, I went up and just ended up talking to these two guys who were at the bar and they asked me like what I was in town for. And I told them that I was about to go up. Uh, to the Greek and this guy this guy is just like a 6'2 black guy like a little older than me he was like yo he's like I'm a gangster ass dude but I love Mac <laughs> he, he was like yo I like he's like I don't typically like people like Mac because I'm like a gangster ass. he just kept referring he kept to himself saying, he kept calling himself a, a gangster, gangster ass he's dude. like I'm a gangster ass mm-hmm. dude but like I was trying to get tickets to that too because like fuck Matt and I was like I was like there was something about like that entire exchange where I was like this all feels right like like thinking about that and then thinking about the Jay-Z tweet um, oh yeah 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 uh, when Mac, Jay- Mac Miller nice too <laughs> yeah, though yeah like yeah. like like I love black people <laughs> Mac Miller nice too that he had like framed in his house Okay, so for context for those of y'all that are listening, yeah. after Jay Z got like a, a like a tw- like a fifty tweet tear once, yeah, it was, so it was he got like a a Nobel Prize for something, <laughs> yeah. and and then he was just like he thanked the entire rap game, yeah. and then like at the end of it, it was just kind of like Mac Miller nice too though, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, well, and before that, he was like something along the lines of like yo black people like. Like, this is this like, is a win for us. us. And then he goes, <laughs> Mac Miller, nice too, though. Yeah, it's just... And that's how he ended his, like, 40-tweet, like, thread. Uh, um, it was like a thread before threads. But, so, Mac Miller blew it up and put it, like, so and framed it and you, put it in you, his like, house. You, w- like, walk into the house and, like, turn right, and it was, like, this little, uh, this little column, and he just had it blown, had the tweet blown up, and... Like that was like the first thing you saw when you walked into his house. And I'm just like, that's the funniest. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Did he, I mean, obviously if Jay-Z tweets something like that about you, you're going to do something like that. But did he tell you like about it? He was just like, yo, wait till you see this shit or. No, I just, it was just, it wasn't there. And then it was there. Like like, he didn't put up the next day, but like he, I remember he was just like, he was like, yeah, that was tight. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm like, 
Yeah. Um, but then, like, I remember just, I remember I went over there one day and just, like, did a double take. I was like, oh, that's new on your wall. <laughs> I'm very glad it's there. Um, um, what is, in a night full of moments, it's going to be difficult to choose one, but, like, what is the one that feels the, like it's going to be the most memorable for you? So, like, performance-wise, like, I felt like Thundercat, mm. Thundercat just, like, is, like, a, a from another planet. He's, like, one of the, he's, like, one of the woodland nymphs in yeah. the Midsummer Night like, Stream. watching John Mayer come out and play guitar with Thundercat, I'm just like, okay, that's, that's incredible, you know? Um, yeah. But also, like, I know how close... Like, there were some people who, like, didn't talk a bunch because, like, you can, I, you, you get that sense that it's just still so hard. Mm-hmm. And, like, I kind of felt that way about Thundercat. I kind of felt that way about Schoolboy, who, like, just, like. He, he came out and performed those two songs, and then he was out. Yeah. Like, he couldn't like, even say anything. Yeah, and, like, it's, that's, like, I, I, take, I take that as, like, this is just hard. You know, mm-hmm. not like I don't have anything to say. It's just like I don't know really what to say at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have you have someone like like Vince Staples, for instance. It's just like he's so good with words and so like matter of fact mm-hmm. about everything. Like I I, just, I love listening to him do anything, but mm-hmm. just like like he's the type of person that like can just say like one or two lines and be like, yo, like like. We'll miss you, never forget you, like that type of thing. It, it, but it feels different. He's like, he's like, we actually will never forget you, and like, yeah. we will actively never forget you, type thing. Yeah, um, I mean, like that was. I think that I mostly, I mostly kept a G up until like the end when all of the performers walked out on stage, yeah. and they were, and Vince walked out with uh, Max Mom. Yeah, and like he was just like making sure that she was okay and yeah. like they were hugging and watching the the montage on the thing and it was just yeah a when, lot. when they when they all they all turned around mm-hmm. um to watch the montage and you know like you're again you have to remember that these are real 20 30 somethings who are like have been going through stuff going through their own stuff and now going through this and like and you know live these insane hectic lives and i'm sure it was great for all of them to be in the same place because like you saw them hugging and yeah. stuff like this was like, this is like a real, it's a real loss to a community. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a rapper died and you know, other rappers are sad. It's like a link in the chain has been like arguably one of the most important links has been taken out. Mm-hmm. And you know, because all those people have schedules and stuff like that. I'm sure this was the first time a lot of them have been in the same place to actually just like, you know, dab each other up, up and hug and talk about it. So it, it all felt, it felt, it felt important for so many different people. Like it felt yeah. important for his family. It felt important um, for his fans. It felt important for his friends. It felt important for his colleagues just for, to all be, to all kind of, just have that space to to do whatever they needed to do these yeah. last like month and a half. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, I think about Jed, who was like, you know, him and Jed were, you know, supposed to be going on tour together. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, I know, like when he came out, like 
and that was like a big moment for Jid because you know Jid was Jid was uh, Mac was bringing Jid and Thundercat on tour, which was going to be like an incredible, yeah, incredible. It was tour. going to be a ridiculous like, that's tour, an insane, an insane tour. Um, but it was it was like good to hear him, you know, bring that up and talk about it, and you know, kind of talk about just like run keep it moving, keep it pushing, you know, for Mac, all that. So it was just like, it was, it felt great. And, you know, I think about, it was a very different vibe, but like, I remember going to, I remember going to Yams Day mm-hmm. in New York. And that was like, also kind of like a, a beautiful thing because it was, you had so many people come through. Um, but Yams was also one of those people that, touched like so many different random subsets of yeah because i mean like uh asap yams east side stevie if you're nasty <laughs> um just was a rap tumblr person yeah. i mean like and anybody that was nerdy about early dipset cuts or who got you know which instrumental first like for between prodigy and montel jordan like if you <laughs> He just knew all of these these yeah. obscure things, and people loved that because he was just like, "Oh, he's an internet rap nerd like the rest of us." Yeah, like and, was- and and that and that was the thing. Like when Yams died, like yes, like lots of famous people had Yam stories. Also, just like a bunch of normal as people, people that had, just had Twitter and and Tumblr had like 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 one on one silly amazing Yam stories, and like yeah. it kind of felt like that's kind of. Also, who Mac, Mac was Mac was with like an added element of his music, which just like takes it to another level, you yeah. know. Um, but that that um, Gams not being here like was like I think shook, especially like New York rap, like that young crop that was coming up. Mm-hmm. But not just New York, but it like that again. It's like a it's like a similar generation, yeah. Um, to um to Mac, where it's like oh like this isn't a peripheral person that we've lost. Like we've lost kind of one of the, the, uh, the, the focal points, you know, that like brings us is the reason we all know each other. Exactly. I mean, like it's, I just can't like, it's, I don't know how to perfectly put into words, the importance of like seeing ASAP yams on the front page of the New York times, calling himself a spiritual advisor. (laughs) It felt like a watershed moment the same way that like, this is a thing that I wrote about, like Mac performing with the internet. Like it was him yeah. there instead of Sid, like, and he was just singing. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of nuts. Yeah. Like, whoa. Like, yeah. This can, yeah. I remember someone was, cause I just, I remember just loving the fact that Yams wore Atlanta Braves hat mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and like the way Fife used to wear a Braves mm-hmm. hat. I just remember like, there were just so many things about, um, you know, but I, I, I will say that I think, Mac was appreciated like in life also like I don't mm-hmm. I uh even with his ups and downs and battles like was clear about who his like friends were and who you know that this community did love him back I don't mm-hmm. think he felt like jilted or um not a part of it like I I think he knew how you know important he was to this mm-hmm. whole um this whole uh community so like I um it, it just it just made me happy to see it all play out and i'm i'm glad you know it's like a it's a pretty impressive thing to pull off on a 
Wednesday, Halloween afternoon, evening, you know, yeah. all that, you know, in a matter of weeks, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Shout out to the Clancy's, you know, who I yeah, think, yeah, like they, you know, um, but yeah, um, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I'm getting to talk to you about it. So, um, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you, uh, for, for joining and for sharing all that with me. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. Of course. What's up? Here I am looking in the mirror and all I see is me. I'm at peace. Go rent out a penthouse. Forget all my problems. The things I regret now. Be gone by the morning. My life is starting. I'm ready. That's it. That's all we got for y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Rob Harvilla, Shea Serrano, and Rember Brown for joining me this week. Shout out my producer, Bobby Wagner. Don't forget to check out our playlist that we'll be updating every week with the songs we're listening to. A link to that is in the description. Also, please rate and subscribe if you like the show. Peace. We'll see you next week. Meet Sonos Beam, the smart, compact soundbar for your TV. Beam lets you play everything you love from music and radio to movies, TV, podcasts, and more, all with rich sound that fills the room. Super simple to set up. There's only one cord. But if you don't want to bother, Sonos will send someone to do it for you. That's right. If you live in any major metropolitan area, up and running, we'll have a Sonos expert deliver and set up your system absolutely free. Not that it's any of your business, but I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, and really having a Sonos Beam greatly enhances the experience because it sounds like I'm in the Dakota, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can hear the birds chirping or, like, the crickets or whatever in the faint distance, and you can also hear snow crunch under your feet. It's great sound. So if that sounds like something you might be into, just order from Sonos.com and select Up and Running at checkout if you qualify. Have you always wanted to learn to play a musical instrument but not known where to start? Let the Musician app be your personal music tutor. It's the best way to learn, practice, and master an instrument. It listens to you play and gives feedback on your accuracy and timing. Become the musician you always wanted to be. Download Musician for free in your app store today.